0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco with Bryce Bjornsson, owner of Jax47. The goal of this podcast is to unearth amazing local wedding vendors and help both vendors and couples alike. Today we have Elena with Lux Wedding Designs who specializes in the actual design of the wedding. So that's both the planning and the coordination. Elena, we want to start out with the most important question, what's your favorite drink?
1: Are we talking about alcohol? Or if, if you
0: imbibe, yeah.
1: I will say my go-to is vodka tonic with lime.
0: Simple. Simple mm-hmm. yet does the job.
1: Yeah, it does the <laughs> job. <laughs> it's always good. That's what it is. It's always a good, a good drink.
0: Well, I, I think I might have to uh, make a keg of that at some point. Okay. Because a lot of people ask for that, you know?
1: Because it's a good drink.
0: Classic. <laughs> know. I, you know me. I make all the watermelon mojitos and you know, fresh yeah, I mean, mules and I get all fancy. When you,
1: make, when you make it, you have to invite me. You
0: I will. Have- I'll have it on tap for our opening party, which you know, our big open house, whenever that happens. Awesome.
1: Um you can write in honor of Elena.
0: In honor of Elena. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> so Elena, tell us um A little more about you know what was the spark that you know created this business how long have you been doing it and you know we can start from there
1: um hmm. i i think for me the spark in starting the business was the desire to change my life and work for myself versus working for people and um you know, I just, I wanted a different life. So I was pretty determined to, to create that different life, whatever that looked like. And doing what I do now, it's just what was in my hand and what I knew. So it, you know, that's, it wasn't like a big moment or anything. It was like, what, what can I do? What's in my hand to do at this moment that I could make profit from? What do I know? In the wedding industry, I knew. And so I went for it.
0: So were you working for another planner or designer before that? Um, Or how did you get started in the wedding industry?
1: um, I got started in the wedding industry accidentally. It was definitely never like something I wanted to do my whole life. Um, Not at all. Um, I got thrown into a wedding that was in crisis. Gosh, probably like 16 years ago now. And um, basically their person that was going to do things... Um, could come and then there they had rented all this decor and when they went to go pick it up they messed up the order and so it was just in a mess and so before I knew it I found myself picking up picking out their decor creating everything sending people down the aisle you know something I had never done and so um, and then since that point I've kind of always had a hand in planning like people's weddings and I actually moved more into corporate nonprofit and I ran a nonprofit for a while and I did a lot of the events for it. Um, It was just like my thing, like Mm -hmm. making it happen, fleshing it out and seeing something come to life. And so um, I did do weddings for people that I knew and I was getting requests and I would have people tell me all the time, like, why don't you do this for a living? You know? And I just, it just wasn't the right time. You know, I was a young mom brand new baby, had personal things. And it just was, it never seemed like the right moment to to go in and do it. Um, and then I did work for a wedding um, place at the time. And, and though I had done planning before that, they asked me if I would do it for them as well. And so I did. Um, and then I finally realized, like, you know, I What was interesting for me to realize in some moments was like, wow, I actually can do this better than this person who has done this for a long, long time. Like I, you know, and I was noticing everything I would never do. And it just kind of made me realize like, well, what, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I'm just, and I literally, honest to goodness, made a decision in two weeks. I I was mulling over the thought and I hardly told anybody. I don't think I even told my family. I literally created my own website, started a Facebook page and went live. And that's how people found out (laughs) (laughs) I decided to to do it. And I became a wedding planner. That's how I started. was just planning weddings. Um, And then all the other pieces of what I do now, like what I was good at was design and planning. And then I added the floral part of it and the decor, you know, with time. Um, That's how I got into it.
0: Well, I noticed that there are folks that focus more on the design and planning and then the the folks that are more of the coordinators mm-hmm. so and some people say you you can't do one without the other and others say that they just want to do that piece mm-hmm. so it sounds like you fit in more to the design and planning do you do you still coordinate do you offer that as part of the package for a couple how does that work
1: Well, coordinating and planning is very similar. Um, I kind of put those in the same umbrella. Um, The difference is planning the entire wedding versus planning just the day. So it's really just variations in planning is how I would put it. So yeah, I I definitely am part of the day. Um, Now I, of course, have a team as well. So um, I usually will do more of the decor design floral part and have one of my girls kind of run the day. Um, or sometimes I'll run the day depending on what the decor kind of floral looks like. And then some of my clients are very, you know, particular of like, we want you to be there on that day. And so I make sure I show up and I'm there um, to send everybody down the aisle and make sure the flow is good. Um, so, I mean, so yeah, I definitely do a lot of planning and decor. Me personally, you know, have always you know, kind of looked at what I do, I I look at it from the lens of design, which, you know, is what I think differentiates me because there's a planner piece where you just kind of get everything done. But I kind of tend to look at everything just like when I'm creating a wedding and how pieces are going to fit. And I start with like my starting point and kind of branch out. I do the same with the planning of the day. Like I really am all about having smooth, Transitions. I I plan for extra time. I look at what is the feel and the flow and the vibe of the day because that to me matters more than being exactly punctual because it doesn't always work out like my weddings don't run late they're always on time but it's more of like what flows best into the next thing and I give leeway room and it's more of creating an atmosphere of mm-hmm. a really calm smooth transition versus a marching kind of type of um, yeah. and everybody kind of has their own style as to how they they execute but
0: yeah well you bring up a good point that yeah not everything happens exactly when it should but understanding the flow of an event is really important so I did a I did a wedding last fall where we had rain but the bride did not want to do the rain plan she was like I want it to clear before you know i i want to get married at that spot i don't want to move everything inside and we had to just wait we were sitting with the truck <laughs> and we had umbrellas up and we were serving whoever you know was brave enough to come out and it wasn't horrible rain it was just you know enough that people didn't want to sit down for the ceremony right um mm-hmm. but then we had cocktail hour after that and then we had and that was at one location and then we had to move again to the reception up the hill so I really think there is a skill set associated with making sure that all moves smoothly.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it, it's, you know. And with that, it's like I've I've definitely had weddings like that, for sure. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, for me, it's like you're the bride, what do you want? I'm on your team more than on anyone else's team. So it's like my my mind tends to think of what are the, all the different ways that I can make this happen? That's just where kind of, and it's, I think where it comes, it's like that fine line of like having this strong, but you know, kind of orderly feel, but at the same time, just making everything feel like it's supposed to be like this. Like, no, like I'm anti, I'm like super calm when I run the show. Like I'm really particular about the atmosphere that I bring, especially as the planner, because you set the tone for the entire day. So if you're intense, really all the other vendors, they kind of feel out your vibe and they fall into sync with that. So if you're like, you just, you bring that atmosphere with you. And so I understand that. And so usually like at my weddings, they're super chill. There could be a million crazy things going on that we didn't plan, but you would never know. And that's something that's really important to me is like, making it look like oh yeah this is what we planned like (laughs) I've had so many moments where I'm like in my mind like oh crap like uh but but if you're talking to me like oh uh sure and like my mind is like okay how am I gonna fix this right now (laughs) you know but you would never know and like I've had so many clients or like their parents who kind of have a better you know sense of what's going on they're like you're so calm. Like, they're like worried about the fact that I'm calm. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh,
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: They're like, why aren't you panicked? There's this and this going on. I'm like, yep, I know. I've already fixed that. And I've got this going, blah, 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 blah. And this is like, I tend to get, um, the more intense the situation, the more calm I become. So like, and I I do that with my parenting. Like when I'm really mad at my kids, I get really calm. And and I talked to them like this, I said, you need to go to your room. One. And they're like, mom is pissed. Like that's how they understand it. They're like, oh, it's getting real now.
0: (laughs) I love that. Well, it's funny because you would think that you need someone really intense, right? To coordinate a wedding, but that's, that rubs off on everyone else. It's not a corporate uh, atmosphere, right? It's a wedding. It's a celebration. So Mm -hmm. But it requires—it has all these moving parts, right? You have yeah. dozen, a dozen vendors that you're having to deal with. But it's also a celebration of two people coming together to spend the rest of their lives together. So, I do think it requires a very unique personality—someone who can execute, but also maintain the, you know, the atmosphere and the environment.
1: <laughs> this is quarantine, okay? Is this is mom life
0: quarantine. No worries, no worries. <laughs> this is real this is reality
1: yeah this is definitely uh, real yeah it does require a certain personality and I think if you're somebody that doesn't handle stress this is not for you you have to it's an art it's a dance that you have to figure out how to dance and it's mainly just what do you want to be known for like who are you as a planner and how what kind of atmosphere do you want Um, you know because it does it's it's not for everybody
0: yeah yeah (laughs) Well, and I think different planners, you know, match up with different people. Yeah. And that brings me to my question is, do you have an ideal client? And if so, what do they look like? Who are they?
1: Um, I don't know if I have an ideal client because I'm kind of a chameleon personality type where I tend to be what I feel like the client needs. So um, from like a planning standpoint, I mean, obviously the people who trust me to do it all, that's definitely, I definitely mm. want to be trusted. Yeah. Um, if, I, if you don't trust me to execute, we're not a good match. But um, honestly, I, I become what I need to become for that client. And they're very aware of that. And you, and like, I'm uh, very um, aware to people's like emotional kind of, I f- I f- I'm a feeler. So I feel mm-hmm. kind of where it needs to be. So sometimes with certain clients, I I become a little stronger and, uh, and help them really make decisions Um, with other clients that really want to be the one to, to make certain decisions. You know, I'll take a backseat a little bit. Um, And then the ones that are high stress, I'm calming them down a bit more. The ones that don't care, I'm kind of putting them in positions where I need, I need them to care a little bit and tell me what they would like and give them ideas and options. So you kind of, and I think, Honestly, I think you kind of have to morph a little bit because everybody's wired differently. Like even in communicating, like some brides the more emails you send them the more anxious they become. So I restrict my communication and do bulk. I'm, okay, this and this and this has been done in a bulk message and then I kind of, you know, connect with them periodically as we plan the process. Um some they they just want to know every little thing that's happening cuz otherwise they feel anxious. So I think I think if you're that involved I think the planner is the most involved with the client period that we're not just in unless you're there for the day but if you're planning the entire thing you're not just one piece of the puzzle you're putting everything together so it's mm-hmm. really important that you build a certain you know relationship that's maybe a bit more personal with your clients so you you know you kind of have to cater a bit more to how they do things
0: I totally agree there's a wedding planner that I took a course with just to you know just to learn uh, more about the wedding industry and uh, she identified i believe four or five different kind of main personas of of the couple you know that there 's the one that knows exactly what they want and they don 't want their mind to be changed, and there 's the other one that can 't decide on anything and needs guidance and so I think you 're right there is there is a need to be dynamic and like a chameleon when dealing with folks, because if you try and impose your personality into the situation, it's just going to cause stress and not be a good fit and push them away. So
1: honestly, like, it's not about you, period. Like it's about that client. So if you think that it's about your style, your opinions, you know, you can have them and you should, that's what they pay you for, but mm-hmm. it's really about like making them feel good and happy and confident in what you're doing. So you kind of have to put your own whatever, at, you know, on the back burner. Um, I will say though, my ideal client for like the design and decor type and floral, mm-hmm. the crazier, the better. I, I love when clients come to me with like these wacky ideas of, I want, Like I've had people say, I want a winter wonderland wedding, or I want, I, I, one was like, she wanted a spin off of like the greatest British baking show. Like, you know, the, the crazier, the theme, the more colors, like that's my jam. Because for me, it's a challenge to be like, like, cause I have had clients who present like, like things to me that I'm like, no. Like, I will not do this for you. But I, it's like for me, a challenge that I have to find a way yes. to execute this craziness and still make it look elegant at the end of the day. Like, if people only knew the weddings I produce and what the bride comes to me with, to work with, and what I have to translate into something that doesn't look like a hot mess. So mm-hmm. like, to me, that's, I would say my ideal client, like, give me some crazy theme tell me you want mermaids and butterflies. I don't care. Like, you know, I just want to like that stuff for me is like, okay, my brain starts getting, you know, working. And I like that sort of thing.
0: Do they normally sit down with you and just on a computer and show you their Pinterest board? Or how does that process work of working with a client when you're starting out?
1: Yeah. So it usually starts with, let me see your Pinterest board. That's a huge one. Pinterest is um, a kind of like a love, hate. Cash 22 like there's good in it but sometimes it can make it more complicated but i will say probably the thing that i am best at is translating what they want um because they spend a whole lot of time in that process because i'm a designer i'm not like so the difference between like a traditional florist and a traditional planner and where i kind of feel like i'm in the middle and i meet a different mm-hmm. thing is Typically, the planner is really focused on making sure the day is good and has a hand in parts of it, but doesn't fully immerse themselves in the full design because they're not a designer. Mm -hmm. Um, The florist usually comes up and she's like, okay, let me see what do you like and and what do you like and how many do you want of that item? So those are the two approaches. Whereas me as a designer, I'm like, I wanna see it all. And so when I see it all, then I see your budget and then I see your style. I put, I start pulling the pieces together and then I usually will create like a collage and we'll go into detail of like, how we're gonna flesh this out and what what is realistic within their budget. Usually it's like, I want all this, but for 200 bucks, you know, or it's not that crazy, but you know what I mean? I'm able, the designer part of me is like, I know flowers, I make them. So I know exactly how to create this look but still keep it within budget and there's so many ways of creating something, but it's just about placement. It's about where you're putting it, what your main floor plan and design is going to look like. And so I operate in that way. And it's the same, like because I often will come in as a planner, you know, like when you're coming in as one or the other, your goal is like, okay, I need a profit from this. And this is what is going to be prettiest. But as a planner, I see the full picture. So I'm like, this is important to you, but not as important as this. So let's get this done, but in a way that I, cause I know what matters to you at the end of the day. So it's a little bit of a different approach because it's more of a fuller picture. Yes. Um, so yeah. So with the design and like the floral piece of it, it's a super, I'm really, really detailed with it because for me, like my goal is when a bride steps in she's like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want. And if you ever go, you know, look at any of my reviews or the things people say, that's the biggest thing that they'll talk about. Like, she took all my crazy ideas and made it happen because a lot of brides have obviously multiple styles that they like. They're like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And so I do a lot of eclectic work. So I mixed and I'm like, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. But this is the way we can do it, where it makes sense. And it's stylistically and aesthetically pretty. Um, so, so yeah, so I do a lot of, that's probably the thing I spend the most time on because I'll, I'll like, and then I'll put it all in like a a visual for them so they can see exactly. And then I write everything out of exactly what we're doing. So it's very clear. It's very like, they know exactly what to expect. And you know, I, I have to make sure as a designer is that I'm hitting it, I'm like hitting the nail on the head and getting it exactly to what they want.
0: Well, we did a styled shoot over a year ago together, and those are some of the best. I mean, it's also the photographer, of course, but those are some of the best styled shoot images that I have in my portfolio to show couples about the truck. And we have a wedding booked for next May. Mm
1: -hmm. That one's going to be fun.
0: So I'm really excited to, to work with you then and to see what happens. Uh, you know, to see that design come to light, because uh, I love the idea of of someone having a dream and a vision and giving that to you and you executing on that. I think that's awesome. And I'm really, yeah, I'm excited to see that. You mentioned the budget. I, I really love to talk numbers, but I haven't done so yet on any of my interviews. Yes, the average,
1: my favorite.
0: <laughs> the average uh, North Carolina wedding, I thought was around 23,000 is that
1: yeah that's about right that I mean it right? if you're averaging out weddings yeah. probably yes but like obviously if they have enough money to hire out all these vendors that budget's going to look different usually yeah. like I think the average kind of stems from people who hire out planner because people who are really low in budget are not going to hire a planner you yeah. know what I mean so it's yeah. kind of like based on but yeah that sounds about right
0: so, uh, it, let, me, let me try and Just uh, say yeah, what I'm trying to not say.
1: I worry about, about <laughs>
0: I mean, is that, I guess what I'm trying to figure out, is that reasonable for a hundred person wedding with everything taken care of? Or is that more of a, is that number being affected by weddings that are happening at the 10K level? with a lot of DIY. So is the, is a good median, maybe like 30 or 40 for everything being taken care of for the average, I don't know, hundred, 125 person wedding.
1: Yes and no. I will say the 23, you can get all your vendors, but you have to um, compromise. So mm-hmm. you can't have the works with everybody. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I always tell my brides, what is, when you think about your wedding, what's the most important thing to you? And that's where you kind of have to decide what is most important and the things that are most important, put your money there. Right. And then you kind of work your way down. Um, and so if you want like the works, the works, then I would say a more reasonable is thirty five, you know somewhere around there, um where you can maybe compromise some but not quite as much because there's no way you can have a full planner the floral and decor that you want, having like cool tricks with your bartending, having the venue that you want, making sure you have all the staffing that you need. Like that's just not, you know, you have to compromise somewhere. Um, And so that's where that whole piece of like what's most important to you. And that's where you can still have the wedding you want. Because really what happens at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, and you look back, the things that are most important to you are the things that are going to be highlighted in your mind. So if it was getting a specific dress or a specific band or whatever, and if you compromise on it and you weren't exactly thrilled, you're going to have regret towards that. You know what I mean? So you're mm-hmm. like, I wish I had just spent that extra thousand or two on what I actually wanted. Cause you're going to just remember that because it mattered to you. Somebody else is going to think it's great, but it really just depends on what's important to you. So So yeah, I would say 23 is is still a good budget to have pretty much the basics of everything even hired out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I like your point of focusing on the things that matter, right? Because people who could care less about the bar, they don't usually hire me because I'm, you know, maybe twice or three times as much as just a bartender, depending on how, you know, what we're doing, of course. Mm -hmm. And then I've had some couples that they spent three times as much on their venue for the the bar service you know they had a very modest venue but they really liked the truck and they really wanted you know local craft beer and that was their priority whereas i've had other ones where they spent you know three or four times as much on the venue as they did the bar service so i'm starting to realize that yes it's where your priorities are and that's something if you do have a limited budget which probably 80 or 90% people do have some limit to the budget need to sit down and figure out what their top three priorities are, because you're right. That's what they'll remember. And that's a good point. I didn't think about it like that until now. So, um, you know, and it's a lot of people say, you know, we want reasonable priced vendors or budget vendors. And I don't think people realize that, uh, you know, the, the people who are in the wedding industry are bringing everything to you. Like it's not like you're going to a bar and getting a beer or a restaurant and getting a burrito. It's like they're bringing everything to you. That's why weddings cost this much because you're putting on an event, you know, with professional vendors in each category. So when I first entered the industry, I thought I was like, how does someone spend 20 grand on a wedding? And now I look at it and I'm like, oh, how does someone (laughs) not, (laughs) I'm like, how does not, how do you not spend 40 grand on a wedding? Um, so yeah. i'm i 'm learning as I go, and I just you know I just love that 's part of what this podcast is about is kind of unearthing things that people don 't think about and bringing to light some new ideas like your priority suggestion. I love that um, so if you know what 's that process look like? We talked a little bit about you know looking at the vision board on the Pinterest page, kind of getting a sense of what their priorities are. Do you then go and visit the venue with them, you know, one time or three times? How, you know, how does that whole process work? Um,
1: Usually once, unless we feel like we need to go back out and we've talked about something else. Um, But usually once because, so I have like certain sessions, like there is usually like your initial kind of planning, you know, what vendors have we booked? What do we need to book type of session? And then there is like, what is the day gonna look like type of session? Um, And then, the design decor piece of it and usually I call that my dream session um because like I'm a visionary and so for me what I like to do with my clients is like okay let's let's dream I don't want you to cap anything because I literally can create anything but I know we've got a budget so let me just hear it all and let's throw everything out there and then we take it and we reel it in and actually focus on what is doable and what's and even with floral like because I'm a designer I look at what is the high impact stuff we need stuff that's going to be high impact that is going to be you're getting the most for your for your budget so this is worth to do these things are not like and I'm so upfront and blunt like my my goal with everything whether you book me or not is I want to give you value period so I don't I'm not the type of person that as we're talking about your wedding and tell you book me, I'm not going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you tricks as we're talking. Because I think when you're, when your priority is to help somebody, you know, the money comes, but your priority has to be to help that person. So at the end of the day, for me, whether you book or not, and it turns into a conversation of whatever it turns into, like I'm there to place value and give you value. So so that, so that's kind of how I break up my sessions. Sometimes we do multiple, I think in general, my approach is I don't like to overwhelm my brides because you can get overwhelmed quickly. So I break it down and like, I don't have a solid, like we have to do this by this point for the most part, there are certain things. Yes, you do. But I'm more like, okay, we have to book these three vendors in the next, you know, month for example, depending on where they are in in the timeline of of things. And so I just kind of categorize it by what are the most important vendors that we need to make sure and then kind of work my way down. So it's just this process of like what fits for you, what's good for your budget, making sure we get the most important things and just taking it in measures. And so this allows like my clients not to panic, not to stress out. And then the dream session is probably the most fun for my clients because it's playtime it's like okay this is because usually for most people it's like when they think of their wedding they imagine it in a certain way and it being beautiful like that's what they imagine they don't technically imagine the food or you know something else they imagine the ambiance and how it's going to look so that's probably the most fun session to be like oh we can do this and and then I'm like because I have my own inventory like i can be like we can do this we can do this you know i can give them multiple options of based on you know their look their style and i can't count like honestly how many times a bride will come to me and be like well my style is this and this and this and i like this and this and so they'll tell me but then when i start looking at their pinterest board i'm like no this is actually not your style cuz this is what i'm seeing and i'm seeing and i will like literally put language to something they didn't know they had. They're like, oh my gosh, you're right. I remember one one bride, it was so funny. She was like, my style is like rustic and I really like kind of like a, you know, a little elegant, but more rustic. And I'm like, okay, let me, you know, see your Pinterest board. And so everything on her board was like glamorous and she's getting married in a barn, right? And then I'm like, okay, you know, the only thing rustic, was like a crate that was it and a sign but there was nothing rustic about it and then she continues to show me her dress it is sparkly and I'm like wow. girl you are not rustic <laughs> like, <laughs> what I see is like and so I threw a few adjectives to basically because there was a few different looks with with what she was showing me so I kind of really? pulled it all together and she's like oh you're so right. <laughs> you know, like it was like an aha uh-huh moment because I'm like, see, when you're showing me this, this is what I see. When I see this photo, this is what I see. So I'm like interpreting, kind of, and then they're like discovering all the stuff about them. And so many times, that as the conversation goes on, and like I'll show them things I've done or what we can do. They and most, like I would say, half of the time, I send them back Pinterest. To rediscover what they actually want and so um, it's it's been really interesting to kind of see that whole process evolve
0: that's funny I yeah. <laughs> I don't get that in depth with my clients right so I just I love hearing these stories um, yeah so if they want yeah that's funny oh uh, <laughs> so uh, given your experience do you have any crazy wedding stories that you want to share with our guess?
1: I have so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick my craziest ones. <laughs> okay. This is really early on in my career. So I remember one of my brides had a mentally ill father and, you know, he had a lot of different belief systems. And anyway, so literally I have the entire wedding party lined up, getting ready to send them down the aisle. it was in a a church setting so they're like the doors are closed god and so i have got them all ready to go and and then before i know it this man comes marching straight to his daughter because he was gonna obviously walk her down with a pair of scissors in his hand and he decided that he didn't like her train and he was gonna cut off her train (laughs) and like literally i was just like oh my gosh so I had to like kind of escort him, like, let me take those away. And I, and I had somebody from the family kind of deal with, the, you know, the, the father and the bride was like in hysterics. So I literally had to take her into another room, all the wedding party. And literally we had like a little bit of a therapy session. Thank goodness for my education in that. Um, I use it more than I care to admit. <laughs> um, so I had to like, you know, calm her down and, and just kind of regroup things and then, you know, and I'm like it's okay that we're starting late like it's not a big deal people will be fine this is not your day and kind of went in my like therapy mode if you will mm-hmm. and so um so yeah and then I had to send her down the aisle that one was, was pretty crazy Wow. um wow. <laughs> I definitely had one this is this is a couple years back but um where a bride so we we kind of planned everything and so when I am doing floral and all of that like I like Write it all out. They get invoices, numbers. You know, everything is based on the plan. So that's what I know to create. And so, um, I guess the night before, she t- she um, she told me the day of, I changed the order of the tables or something. And I said, okay, no worries. So here, I, and it was like one of those, like they had a cocktail hour. So during cocktail hour, I'm kind of looking at everything, and then I realized like basically, they had recreated the the tables and the seating chart, but they added two tables and they never, they didn't tell me about it. And this mm-hmm. tent was so small, like you couldn't fit them in. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we were, we were like coming up with the tables, trying to find the. This was during the cocktail hour because that's when oh we were realizing we're like, like I was looking at her chart and I was like, this is really confusing. Like, why is there this, these additional tables? Like, mm-hmm. and so I kind of had to come to her. I'm like, Hey, I'm just quite wondering like, and she's like, oh, I, I added things. I sent it to you the day before <laughs> or the night before. And I was like, "And but she didn't mention that she added additional tables. She just said she changed the list. So I was just thinking oh, she changed yeah. where everyone was sitting. Anyway, so literally I had to figure out and readjust her decor to put some kind of something on these, you know, tables. Like, mm-hmm. And so literally we whipped it out in like 30 minutes. It was in, It was insane. And like after that wedding, I was like, oh my
0: God, what am I doing? Never again.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely been.
0: Is is that your biggest challenge? Is your clients trying to change things last minute or what would you say? is? No.
1: Uh, no, changing last minute is fine. Okay. Um, that one was a challenge just because it was during cocktail hour. We had to come up with everything. Like if yeah. I had known ahead of time that we added, I could have really, you know, it would, have not, it would have eliminated that last minute kind of, oh, what she meant was she added more tables, not she yeah. changed the order. So, um, but uh, I think it's just, it depends. Like the challenges would be depending on the personality sometimes. Um and then sometimes it can be on um you know um family dynamics can be tricky sometimes. Um not a whole lot, but they're they're definitely there. I think probably the most challenging wedding I've had a few years back was with um just a a couple and literally I would say it was it was more the groom, but he literally asked me the same questions four times minimum. And, and apparently this is how he was with all the vendors. And so it was just really intense and like, and then he was just a very intense character where it was like, I mean, I've over backwards for this wedding, but the, but everything was like questioned and it was like, like he had decided things, but they never communicated to me. And then they were asking me like, where is this? And I'm like, you know, you know. Yeah, I have no communication of this. You guys decided to add this without letting me know. Like, how am I supposed to know to plan for it? So it was just a really intense dynamic. And and I would say probably the funniest thing was that he had to approve of the floral and design. And I've never had a man kind of step into that role. Um, so he went into like the reception to make sure it was good. And he looked around and he was like, "Yeah, it looks really good." I'm okay. <laughs> he walked out. And I just stood there like, I wasn't sure like, like what to do with it, you know, cause I've, you know, it's usually the women that are just more involved and more yeah. like, care about all that. Um, so it was, it was quite interesting. It was definitely like a learning experience um, that was really early um, in my career, but you know, you have your, <laughs> your moments that you're just like, okay.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Well, on the flip side, what would you say you enjoy most about your work in the business.
1: I think what I enjoy most is probably uh, two things. I think I enjoy when a bride thinks that only this is possible. And when in our dream session, Hmm. I pull out all of this stuff. and, And like, I have had a bride in moments where like, I remember this was actually recently, but she was like all greenery. And the more we started talking and then she showed me one picture that she really liked. And I was like, that is really boho. And so I started pulling out all these different things and she was like, Oh, I love it. You know? And so like we completely flipped her style like in, you know, in 10 minutes and I had of course a whole plan for her ready to go. But like, I think my favorite part is like opening up somebody's eyes to what is possible and being like, Oh, I can, I can do this for you. And I want to do this for you. And I think just, um, I get a lot of satisfaction from like going above the expectation level. So it's like my, my competition is myself, you know, further Mm -hmm. down the road. So like Mm -hmm. some always like, how do I, you know, so I like to pull out certain things out of people and then they realize like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was me or I didn't know this was. So I like that piece of it. And I like to, I think I like to be um, like, I think if I help somebody and I feel like I've made it easier for them, that gives me a lot of satisfaction in what I do. And then obviously because I'm flipping the space, I see the immediate results of yeah. that. And I've turned some ugly spaces into some gorgeous, you know, <laughs> and, and so like seeing the work is intense, but seeing like the before and then the after, you know, is I really enjoy that. So I would yeah. say probably those the the creative kind of process is probably my favorite piece of it.
0: Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great to hear. Um, I, yeah, I, that reminds me of when I had a, I was going to therapy and the therapist almost became like a business coach for me (laughs) because at that time, like we had, I dealt with some stuff and I was like, all right, I don't really need that right now. Like the personal, but I have a lot to deal with my business. And she was able to kind of coax out of me some things. And it's amazing what we can dream when someone helps facilitate that, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to like thinking we're all, you know, I mean, yes, we, we should be empowered with ourselves. But at the same time, having others um, help us move forward to our vision, whether it's a wedding or not, I just think is powerful. So I'm glad you're able to do that for your clients.
1: Yeah. I think it's asking the right questions and seeing maybe Mm -hmm. what people can't see. That's what makes a good therapist is is like, you know, they see through a different lens.
0: Exactly. Well, do you have anything in the works, uh, for the future? Anything new that you want to share with? Um,
1: (laughs) So So like, I am definitely an entrepreneur at heart. Again, um, the reason I changed the name, you know, obviously went from Elena events to Lux is because I'm all about expanding, you know, like I, I don't, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction from helping people. So like getting into the wedding industry and doing what I'm doing now, like, I wouldn't say that it was my dream per se. My dream is so much um, deeper than that. It's like, um, just really, I have always been like a philanthropist type of person where I I get so much out of helping people that it's like addictive. And so for me, it's like, how do I take what I do and broaden it for people? So I think Mm -hmm. future wise, like, honestly, I want to empower more women who, especially like, I have, like I already have several women working for me, but I have women who are a little older or moms or people who maybe can't get a standard nine to five. And like giving them freedom and flexibility to be creative and then them making good money. And so like my goal is to um, grow a company and partner with multiple planners and kind of see what it could become, but not just so it becomes like a place where I'm kind of profiting, but I want to give people the stake in the company. Do you know what I mean? Like For me, I, I, I gain a lot um, from seeing somebody like succeed like that is like my drive so definitely that is the big piece of it because like I mean I want to do something else like I get bored so I'm just like <laughs> like literally I started as a planner by the end of the year of a planner I added decor and design and then mm-hmm. the next year I started doing floral which I've never done in my life I'm a completely self-taught florist mm-hmm. which Three years prior to that, I told somebody I would never do flowers ever because <laughs> I would help a florist. And I was like, I will never yeah. do floral. But now that's what I'm known for. So like, I'm always in that position of what what's next. Like, that's kind of my philosophy and the way that I think. And honestly, this something I'd throw out there just to vendors now, like we have to be thinking of what's coming because people are going to be on a budget. We have to, you know, kind of figure out how are we going to meet the needs when the economy does get going, um, mm-hmm. are there things we can do now, maybe for elopements or things that we can offer people, you know, cause they think if you're not thinking like, this is the crazy part is like, I was already thinking of a recession before this ever happened. Yeah. So in my business, I was planning, for the time when the economy was going to tank because it always does you follow cycles and all of that and so i had released my design course i started filming it in december of last year for the time that people would need to do the diy Um, i just talked about a new package that i'm starting to offer where i do i basically i'm including for 12.95 i'm including floral decor all in one crate per table. So literally you take out everything that belongs in that table. It's ready to go. You can just do it quickly. It's super inexpensive. I priced it in a way that is so affordable, but I had already come up with that back in January, you know, not obviously not anticipating the coronavirus, but my brain and the way I was thinking was like, okay, the next wave is going to be this. What do I have ready for that time? You know? And so it's kind of as entrepreneurs and as business owners, If we don't think of what's coming, we will be wadded out, period. Like at this point it's like a survival thing because we're all losing business and we're all losing money but it's like our mindset has to be. And it goes back to like the, what I talked about like in the beginning of, my principle has always been, I'm gonna help people, I wanna give value. It's not about making profit. And if you mix those up, you get in real trouble. If it starts becoming about making money, you stop seeing your people and the needs and how to meet them. So if, all, if it's always about your client and meeting their need, then the, the, the um, profit comes because it's not about making the profit. Because I see a lot of people that start with meeting the client's need and then it turns into profit. And oftentimes if they're not careful or if they're not always on the money with what their client needs, their quality of work starts regressing the way they're dealing with people starts regressing. And so, and eventually over time, that's not sustainable and you lose out and someone else comes alongside and beats you in that market. So you always have to make it about your person. So right now, knowing that the economy is shifting, yeah, I love these high-end weddings that I get to do where I can play a whole lot and have flexibility, but it's going to look different now. It's going to look different. So my thought process has to be what, what is in the works for what's coming? Not what, you know, right now there's nothing happening. So it's a perfect time for you to be like, okay, how can, if I were in that this person's shoes and I was getting married married and I had a very limited budget, what would I buy? What would I pay for? What would be worth it to me? What would make me sell more than the person next to me? Like, and kind of thinking through that lens, because at the end of the day, it's about that client. It's about how do I help that client and, beat out like competition and if and a lot of people will even focus on their competition which is so stupid because we all bring something different to the table and it's like if you're more focused on what you know really getting honest with yourself about like where you're at and really is your product as good as you're thinking it is are you really the best that's out there you know a lot of people don't want to ask themselves those questions like i always ask myself that stuff and i think it has saved me a lot of poor choices and I've made a lot of good decisions as my business progressed because I'm really ridiculously honest about, no, I can do better. I can offer more. Like you, you book floral with me, I include decor at no charge. You know, I don't nickel and dime people like, and it's not because I don't wanna make a profit, I do, but my value for the client and providing more value than maybe my cu- counterparts, that, that supersedes that. So like my energy is like on what can I do better What can I, how, like, in the times coming, what can I do that is more affordable because that's the way that it's going to be without sacrificing quality? Like, what can I do? I don't care what these people are doing here. What can I do? What is reasonable for me? You know, and anyway, so that's where I'm thinking, (laughs) like, things to come. Like, how do I, you know, how do I expand that? How do I I look at it differently?
0: No, I agree. I think... We all start with wanting to provide value, but as a business owner, it's easy to get caught up and and all this other stuff and then the you know if you're making money, you might start to focus on that and our egos get involved, and it just can get messy. so I agree if you focus on providing your client or even potential client right with value, hopefully the money will come will follow but and if I not, think- you know fine it's I'm glad to help someone like I have. You know, I have a whole blog up on, you know, local beer recommendations and how to make a signature cocktail and all this stuff, because I want, I genuinely do want to help people have a better bar experience at the wedding, right? If if they hire me or not. Um, it just so happens people love the trucks. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, going back that to that, <laughs> but going back to that, uh, you know, that <laughs> the the original goal, which is to help people to provide and to serve, I think is really important
1: yeah yeah for sure and i think it's also um to be mindful and not grow too fast because you can always extend but if you're because that's i think what happens with ego is just like we kind of like oh now i can do it all we kind of we have like a moment of like oh you know things are going and if we're not careful and we don't ask ourselves hard questions about like, where am I really at? Not where I'm seeing myself, but where am I really at? Then we can get into trouble a lot. And I think a lot of businesses right now that are in trouble are looking at the profit versus the actual what they're actually making. They're looking at like, okay, what has my entire company brought in versus what do I get after the expenses? And so you get yourself in a lot of trouble when you're not honest with yourself and looking at your numbers and you're trying to, you know, feed that ego part of you and present as something that is not accurate. And so I think the more honest you are with yourself about who you are as a person who you are as a business person, how do you treat your clients? When you get really honest, um, you tend to make better choices because you're looking at it with critical eyes instead of being like, Oh, they don't like me. Oh, it's their problem. And you know, whatever. It's like, no, why, why don't they like you? what are you doing that is putting that bad energy out there you know like why are people having an issue usually the problem is you you know but people don't want to ask themselves those kinds of questions cuz it doesn't it's not it doesn't feel good you know yeah
0: yeah it's the hard work right <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway elena thanks so much for joining me on the podcast if a couple wants to work with you you know what's the best way to reach out is it your website do you have an instagram facebook
1: all of the above. So, um, you can definitely reach out on our website. We've got like, I have my phone number on there. I have like the contact form, the email address. I try to make myself extremely reachable. Um, and I'm always available for questions or anything like that. Um, yeah. So Instagram is a good one. Facebook is a good one and definitely the now <laughs> So yeah, all of the above.
0: Perfect. Well, I will include all those links in the show notes and I am so looking forward to our wedding together um, in May 21. So can't wait to see you. Hopefully I'll see you before and then, but if not, (laughs) take care of yourself and thanks again for joining me.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Anytime.